What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros, with your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Now, here's Balky and Blubber. What's up, H-Town? Welcome to episode 31 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Balky. Jeff Blum with me, as always. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and of course, YouTube. Be sure and like and subscribe to keep up with us. And give us a follow on Twitter while it exists, uh, <laughs> at Believe in Astros. <laughs> you can find me at Jeff Balky and Blummer's at Blummer27. Uh, hit us up and uh, let us know what's going on. Blummer, how are you doing this morning? I'm fantastic. Things are actually pretty good. The offseason is starting, and uh, there's some movement in the stove much earlier than I think even we anticipated. But yeah, I'm doing great, man. How about you? I'm good. I mean, trying to stay warm. It's. I, I will say this to anybody oh. who's listening to this before Saturday. Saturday's going to suck, man. The high's going to mm-hmm. be like 47. It's going to rain all day. My recommendation is stay inside as much as possible. Uh, if you have a fireplace, light a fire. Don't Burn yeah. your house down, obviously, but you know, get the fire. Yeah, how going. Did, Houston is amazing in the sense that it could yes. be summer and immediately get into the middle of winter. That blows my mind. Oh, well, so they always talk about there's two seasons in Texas, right? There's like, you know, there's like summer and then one week of winter and then like whatever it is. Yeah. But I tell you, Houston gets it, it, the thing about Houston is because there's so much humidity, yeah. uh, it gets downright bone chilling sometimes here. You know, uh, I'm going to New York in a few weeks. And I'm praying to God it's not going to be like in the 20s when I'm up there because I'm I'm too much of a tenderfoot now, man. Dude, I don't have enough clothing. I'm I'm a layers guy because being yeah, here same. in Houston, you don't need that big parka. But man, I will layer up like a crazy man because I do not like the cold. Once it gets in, I can't get it out. I was in New York a few years ago, and I remember it was the first time I'd been there in a long time when it was in the winter, and it was in the 20s. And I remember experiencing the feeling of sweating and freezing at the same time. And it was just, I was like, this is not right. I don't know how people live like this. It's insane. All right, let's uh, give a word to our sponsor. Basketball is back. Houston Rockets back. And Bet Online remains your number one source for all sports betting needs this season. The Rockets actually won one, so now they're up to three Hello. wins so look out look out over under you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at bet online and as your continued source for all sports wagering information bet online features live betting free contests and giveaways all season long all year long really when you consider this as a whole like right now world cup this weekend so i'm oh, sure yeah. there's plenty of betting lines on world cup like what are the what's the over under on qatar uh, banning women from the soccer matches. Like, there's a lot going on there. Always Welcome the fastest the and easiest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events: NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf. Uh, head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure and use promo code Believe B L E A V to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Well, Blummer. Like you said, the hot stove season is is heated up quite quickly. Uh, we've seen some transactions already go down, some trades. The Mariners are obviously quite active. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Verlander wins the Cy Young Award. No shock. Everyone saw it coming. Unanimous uh, selection for that. 
And it's been reported by Jim Crane himself, shockingly, <laughs> that Justin Verlander wants Max Scherzer money, which would put him in the three years, $130 million range. And then somebody, I forget who it was yesterday, mentioned that they think Verlander could get two years, 90 plus million. Holy. Uh, which is just, I mean, if, well, that's unreal. This feels like it pri- it's pricing the Astros right out of this. I mean, granted, we knew the Astros weren't going to go crazy because they have such a deep pitching staff, but I can't see them spending $45 million a year on Justin Verlander. No offense to JV. No offense to JV, and again, congratulations to him for yeah. bouncing back from Tommy John surgery. You know, there's so many firsts with that. You know, the first guy to you know in the first year back from Tommy John to get the surgery or get the uh, Cy Young award. Yeah, uh, taking a year off from baseball, coming back and winning a Cy Young is another miraculous thing. You know, he's going to be the comeback player of the year. So many things trending in the right direction for Justin. He earned it too. He works his tail yeah. off. He's hyper talented. Pitched on a great team, obviously. I don't think. You know, he may pitch as well somewhere else, but I don't think he racks up the W's like he did with Houston. That's just yeah. my selfish bias because watching a lot <laughs> of these games, that defense picked him up. Uh, some of these big hits picked him up. So congratulations to him. It was also good to see Fromber get some votes in there. He got recognized. He right. might have been fourth on that list. So he was. Uh, the franchise uh, getting uh, some recognition. <laughs> but that leads me to what you're talking about. You know, Steve Cohen kind of set the table by giving Max Scherzer, what, three years, $130 million, Right. And I think $43.5 million per year. So that's the same age range. Uh, similar statistics. Both those guys kind of leapfrog each other every other start as far as strikeouts, uh, career strikeouts. So that's kind of a lot of fun to watch. But at the same time, with that market being set and Justin coming off a 39-year-old year with a Cy Young, he immediately puts himself in that in that uh, category of 40-plus yeah. million. So it's going to be interesting. The only problem is, is by asking for that much money, that the six other guys that could be the potential rotation for the Houston Astros leverage JV right out of it. Because right. you're going to have six starters that are making less than his one-year contract, and they're going to be just as good, if not better, next season in that rotation. He is obviously a, a luxury item in yeah. the sense that he pitches like an ace. He uh, trains like an ace, so that kind of filters down through the rotation. Uh, but I think that the Astros have a number. They've given it to Justin and said, hey, we're going <laughs> to leave this on the table. This is just my assumption. This, this is how yeah. I would handle it. I would just give him a number and say, hey, we love you. You've succeeded here. Two World Series championships, two Cy Youngs. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna have every opportunity to get to 300 wins because we win a lot of games. But here's the number. Here's the years. It's sitting here on the table. When you go out there fishing and you don't catch what you want, we'll always be here. Just keep that in mind. What are the odds of him and Max Scherzer both ending up in, in on the Mets too? Like, Dude, well, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, we, we both cover the game, but I mean, what Steve Cohen is doing in New York and, you know, having conversations within the game of baseball and understanding how much this guy does not care. I don't think he doesn't care about money, but I think mm-hmm. he has enough money not to care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and exactly. he want, and he desperately wants to overshadow the Yankees. So I wonder, he you know, does. what what how much that motivation's there, but uh, I'm not too sure. Sh- I'm not I'd have to go back and research it a little bit, but I'm not too sure Scherzer and Verlander are the best of friends. That's an interesting point. I wonder about things like that too. Like, you know, is Verlander like Verlander, I, he doesn't strike me as a guy especially at this point in his career who's going to choose, you know, a team based solely on money. 
You know, the guy has that's, made, I'm curious about that. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, I think, but that doesn't mean he's not because look, no. Blum, tell me how much pressure are guys like this under to take these contracts, not just for themselves and their agents mm-hmm. who obviously want every penny they can get, but for other baseball players. Like, is that, is there a lot of yeah. pressure on these guys? Well, that's that's the underlying, that's the undercurrent that you don't see too often and kind of goes on behind the scenes. And you won't hear guys say, I, I agreed to this contract because the union felt it was best to set the market at this bar. You know, so what you do here underneath, and this even happened to, on a couple of contracts that I had back in the day. And you got to, if you go back and look at my deals, I wasn't breaking anybody's bank. I mm-hmm. was just a complimentary player that got a reasonable contract. But the idea was, how do you set the market for that particular position, for that you know that niche that you're trying to create? Yeah. And obviously, Justin Verlander being on the market, and I think this is another interesting caveat to the JV market and maybe a New York Mets you know uh, signing, Jacob Degrom. If right. JV goes out there, oh, gets forty-five yeah. million or forty million. Guess who else is going to get something pretty damn close, if not more? Probably it's going to be more. a Jacob Degrom. Yeah, probably so more, you, given you, that he's yeah. a little younger. And and the years too, he may get a couple more years. Obviously, a couple more years tacked onto that. Yeah. But all that being said, you're right in the sense that there are entities underneath the Major League Baseball Players Union that will come in and say, "Hey, we understand that you want to take a discount, play at home, whether it be." you know, San Diego or Houston because of the tax break, whatever it may be. But they go in there and they go, hey, if you could go get that annual uh, average value up, we would really appreciate that. And a lot of other guys behind you would appreciate that too because it bumps everybody behind you up. Yeah, I just learned the term AAV recently. Um, <laughs> I had not really paid much attention to it. And then I somebody said annual average value and they kept saying AAV over and over. It's on Talking Baseball podcast, which is a great podcast. And uh, they kept saying AAV, and I was like, what the hell is AAV? And I looked up, I'm like, oh, well, that makes total sense, you know, because that average annual value is such a big deal, not just for teams, obviously, who are worried about it, but for the players. Mm-hmm. And like you said, baseball is unique, too, because like in other sports, you don't have the, you don't have the potential for like really long careers, like, you know, uh, yeah. that you do in baseball. Baseball, if a guy gets in and he's, and he's serviceable and can play – you, know, you could be in in Major League Baseball for a lot of years, um, mm-hmm. and uh, but not in football. Obviously, you get you make yeah. it a few years and then get killed. Basketball too, and in basketball, obviously, so many fewer players uh, make teams. But yeah, in baseball, you have a so it, setting that bar has got to be really important because it's it's not just important for you now; it's important for the next guy coming along. Um, that's a that's a really fascinating angle to me. Yeah, and that's part of the free agent market, and that's why you have these guys, uh, you know, bouncing off each other, and that's why you may not see guys sign until you know December, January, February, because they are trying to push that market a little bit, mm. <clears throat> you know, and that kind of leads into the whole Rizzo conversation because they'll use right. opposing teams to leverage each other, and you, you know, the Rizzo situation with the news coming out about the Astros really going after Anthony Rizzo. Guess what he did? Hey, uh, Brian Cashman, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> These guys really want me. 
But if you really want me back, you'll show me. And they showed him. They got him. <laughs> That's that smelled so much like a classic agent maneuver. You know, leak a story. Right? Just leak it about, out there. <laughs> just leak a story that some team is gung ho, man. We're gonna come and get him. And uh, and then the next thing you know, and ironically, Rizzo signed that deal like the day we were talking about it. Which I'm like, did he listen? Dude, to we us? let that great podcast did, out, and then I saw the we, news, and I was like, come on, man. Did we screw up? And like, so, you know, what was that, that famous, that, that great line from, uh, from, uh, uh, all the president's men when, uh, mm. they're, t- he's, he's talking about how he used to work at the white house and he was, they did a big report about how so-and-so was going to be named as the FBI director for life or whatever. And it's the next, or the, that he wasn't going to be. And the next day, mm. uh, the, they base LBJ named him FBI director for life Hoover. <laughs> And then he said, his press guy turned to him and said, uh, uh, you know, tell him we said F you. You know, like basically, <laughs> Ben Bradley is like, tell, tell Ben we said F you. You know, and it was yep. like, yeah, and I you. feel like maybe that's what we did. Maybe we got Rizzo so, so like hyped that, the, that Brian Cashman was like, hey, uh, listen, yeah, we, we just heard on the guy. Believe in Astros podcast, guys. Yeah, that there's or we 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 don't want to give a Yankee to the Astros so bad that we're going right. to go sign this guy immediately. Oh, that's the biggie. That's the biggie. <laughs> and I'll tell you, the biggest shoe to drop though is going to be Judge. I don't know what's going to happen with Judge. <sighs> like the fact that he has not gone back to the Yankees at this point um, is, you know, it's. I, I know that there's a lot of off season to go here. And a lot of hot stove, but when that happens, that's going to be monumental. And if he leaves New York, oh man, that is going to be something. Well, we, you know, talking about JV's contract, you know, yeah, would you say two, you know, two years, you know, whatever ridiculous number, ninety something, that's going to be a guy that might be like, I mean, until Shohei Otani has a chance to go out right. there and test that market, Aaron Judge might be that half billion dollar guy. I've just, it's the numbers. God damn. <laughs> Think about that. I mean, a half billion. I mean, what is, holy crap. Oh. That's just, it's just unbelievable. So with no Rizzo now, the, I mean, look, the yeah. Astros weren't, I, I, I kind of question whether that was even a real report or not, but nevertheless, I mean, I'm, I like you have been a Jose Abreu guy, uh, really oh. since the beginning. <clears throat> he's a guy that has a track record. He, you know, he's going to produce. Also, with him, he's not going to command a long-term deal because he's thirty-six. So mm-hmm. you're not going to be giving him like you know you're not going to worry about him coming in saying I want seven or eight years. He's going to want two or three years, and it's going to be fine. Um, and then of course there's still some rumors out there that the Astros are interested in Wilson Contreras. Um, mm-hmm. Which would certainly solve the bat problem, and then maybe you could bring Yuli back at a uh, deal for first base. What I mean, and then there's Josh Bell is still floating around there, although who knows? And the Astros have no GM at the moment, so this is all Jim Crane and and some assistant GMs doing all this. Where do you think they go next? I mean, they obviously need a bat. They obviously need a lefty mm-hmm. bat. Where do you think they go next, or is it going to be something completely outside of the box that we didn't see coming? It, it could be completely outside the box, but like you said, not having a GM in place kind of lends itself to a lot of people with a lot of different ideas without the focus. And that's just on the outside looking in, you know, there's going to be different ideas where I feel like if you did have a GM, they would have a little more of a tighter lane that they're in looking yeah. at guys. But I agree with you in the sense that, you know, if you could get a left-handed bat, um, you know, that would be maybe ideal just to add another another wrinkle into that lineup because they're so right-hand dominant. 
So that kind of lends itself to Josh Bell, who's a probably a better left-handed hitter. And a lot of the reason for that is that as a switch hitter, you're going to see probably yeah. thirty to you know thirty to you know twenty-five percent more. Uh, no, I'm going to say sixty to seventy more percent chances on the on the left-handed side because there's so many right-handed pitchers. Right. But I think Jose Abreu is appealing. Uh, the, you know, the Cuban connection with the city of Houston and that ballpark and that team is is something wonderful. Uh, they know what they're getting in a 36-year-old Cuban player who already has an MVP under his belt in Jose Abreu. Uh, he's going to move into a lineup that he sets in, he would fit into beautifully. Yeah. Um, but Josh Bell, the left-handed part, is probably a little bit better appeal and might be a better price tag than Jose Abreu, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, but if you do sure. have to salvage one more year out of Yuli, is that the worst thing that you that you get? Because if you get some sporadic uh, life out of that bat and he continues to play that defense that he does, you're in pretty good shape because the defense is primarily what you're trying to do to protect your pitching. But uh, yeah, there's there's some some interesting names, but the worst case scenario isn't all that bad. No, you're right. You know, there's there was a story uh, yesterday. I don't know if you read Larry the GM, but he's got really fascinating stuff <laughs> where he breaks things down. And he had a really interesting breakdown with Yuli uh, where he showed that his numbers after days off were substantially better than his numbers where he played days in a row. I mean, like hugely better. Like, and, and he said, if you look at the postseason, what happened? He got days off, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and he began to hit better. So it does bring up the, it does sort of raise the question of could they maybe platoon Yuli and give him more opportunities? to get some rest and not have to play mm -hmm. that everyday first base. Um, it's going to be a super interesting thing to watch. Speaking of interesting thing to watch, Pedro Leon has been raking in the oh. Puerto Rican Winter League. You know, his Dude. coach is Alex Cintron, the Astros mm -hmm. batting coach. He's four for 10 with a double and a home run in his first two games down there. <laughs> He's playing full-time center field now. You know, they had shuttled him around it. Like, they played him at shortstop a little on second base. But he's got a great arm <clears throat> um, for, you know, playing in the outfield. I wonder if he'll factor at all. I mean, he's obviously going to get an invite to spring training. But I wonder how he will factor into the Astros for next year. Oh, hum. Just another guy that could <laughs> potentially be a rookie of the year. I mean, this is unbelievable, dude. I, mean, I know. If I'm outside the organization and I, I'm, I'm in an opposing organization, I'm sitting and I'm going down to Puerto Rico or some of these winter ball <laughs> leagues and I'm going, man, there's some good talent down here. Wow, this Pedro Leon guy's great. What, who's he with? The freaking Houston Astros? Are you serious? So it's a, it's another guy. And, you know, going back to what you said about Jim Crane kind of leading the conversation as far as the hot stove is concerned because there isn't a GM in place, is that he's kind of mentioned, you know, maybe a corner outfielder would be kind of nice for the Astros. And I don't know if that means Michael Brantley comes back. Mm -hmm. That's another left-handed bat, by the way. Um, or, is, you know, or do they stay internally? Because the more you watch Pedro Leon, the more you're like, I could save myself fifteen to twenty million dollars a year with this guy coming in, and yeah. you got to remember, um, as good as Chaz McCormick performed in the postseason, and I'll, I'll I'll say this: I think he's a better corner outfielder than he is a center fielder. I agree with you, and he has a lot of experience on the corners. So if you think about inserting 
a Pedro Leone into center field, you could have Chaz protect him in center field by playing maybe against some tougher right-handed pitching, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. and then move Jordan to left field and let him play sporadically out there and left. There's some movement out there, but <laughs> the fact that they have an option in Pedro Leone is fascinating to me. To have guys consistently, at least every year, have the potential to move in and be a rookie star type guy in this lineup. Yeah. But just so a lot of people know, Pedro Leon, you talked about him playing shortstop. If you're playing up the middle of the diamond, mm -hmm. second base, shortstop, center field, mm -hmm. you are a very good athlete. And you have to be very savvy in the way the game works because you have to anticipate and be in the right position for a lot of plays. So that just knowing that he has moved from shortstop to center field explains a lot about not just the physicality that he's able to play at, but also the mentality. He's, he's doing a good job of playing the game of baseball. But physically, the dude's a beast. He, yeah. He's thick. He's fast. He's strong. He's not just a you know <clears throat> your standard center field type hitter that sprays the ball and gets on base. The dude's got pop. Oh, he does. He definitely has some pop out of that bat. And he has a he has pretty good control over his strike zone awareness. He's not a guy that he's not a total free swinger. Um, that's something obviously the Astros will need mm -hmm. to uh, fine tune in him, which they do in all rookies. I mean, you saw what happened with <laughs> yep. Jeremy Pena, the kind of roller coaster ride he had uh, that ended, you know, wonderfully. Um, you know, the, the other thing, too, is the Rule 5 draft is coming up, and the, and the Astros mm -hmm. left a few guys off, particularly Corey Jilks, which I really that, kind of That was the name that me. jumped to me, too. That I mean, he's been playing really, really well. I, I, so can you tell, like, explain to me, I just saw this the other day on, on the movie Philadelphia, was explain it to me like I'm a sixth grader. Um, <laughs> what is... How does the Rule 5 draft work? What I, I'm sure there's a lot of people who listen to us who don't really understand the Rule 5 oh, draft. What? How does that thing even work? And what? I mean, I know that teams have to set a 40-man roster and then everybody else is kind of up for grabs. How does that even work? Well, and, and then you can have a Rule 5 at different levels. So you'll protect guys. I think it starts at AA. I'm not sure. I could be completely mm. wrong. But it is kind of confusing. But I know that you can protect guys on a AAA roster so they can't be plucked if you do take them. You know, they've, they've got to move to a certain position. But if you do pluck guys who are not on the 40-man roster, if, say, you're with the Astros, I'm with the, the Seattle Mariners, and I take Corey Jolks uh, in the Rule 5 draft, I have to put him in the major leagues for a full season in order to retain him. And I'm also paying you. I, I'm not sure what the number is, but I know... Back in my day, it was uh, it was fifty thousand dollars or something weird. It wasn't it wasn't a huge number, but it yeah. was big enough to where you you had to send money to that team to buy that player. I got you off the off the uh, the Rule Five draft. If I sent him back, then I got <laughs> half my money back, kind of thing. So it was wow. this weird, strange transaction. But still, the idea was if you're willing to take this guy. You have to put him in the big leagues to show how much you like him. And guy, I mean, you could pluck a guy, use him for two months, send him right back. Um, so it's kind of interesting in that sense. But at the same time, you know, it's it's a gamble. You're, you're, I think the idea of the Rule Five Draft was to try and create a little more equality across the board because if you have an organization stacked, they can't protect every single guy. So if I'm the Kansas City Royals, and I know that the Astros have a bunch of good pitchers and they're not protecting every single one of them, I can go get them and bring them over to my organization and have him pitch in the big leagues for a year, and now he's mine. But that's kind of the gist or the maybe the cliff notes of it. There's a lot of logistical stuff underneath, but that's kind of the idea is to kind of be able to pluck talent off of other teams and use them for your own benefit. But there is a risk involved in that. That's really interesting. Uh, I 
you know, I, I know that each year there are guys that end up going to teams and it happens, but I do know it's not huge numbers. It's not like it's, you know, it's not like every team is like collecting a whole bunch of guys. And obviously for those reasons, there mm-hmm. are risks You're involved. Right. You know, you have to put them on the major league roster. I would think Corey Jolso would be a good uh, candidate. <clears throat> I'm a little surprised they didn't protect him. Um, I don't know what that means exactly. Who the hell knows in these things? Well, I mean, that's the other thing too, is like if you're on the opposing, if you're in the other organization and you and you kind of maybe earmark some guys, you're like, oh, I wonder mm-hmm. if he gets left off. And he does, you're going, why, why, why? did they protect him? You know, I mean, are they trying to, are they messing with me? Should I take the chance? You oh know? my it's God. Like, it's, it's baseball's an emotional game. You know how it is. It truly is. <laughs> so I, I, I want to just diverge just a moment, uh, if we might, for the, for the last few minutes of the podcast. <laughs> so there have been reports of Twitter dying. Um, look, I've read a lot about it. I know. Chaos. It's like, uh, and obviously, since Elon Musk took over, he, he canned like half their staff. And now like another big chunk of their staff has left after he demanded they pledge fealty to him or whatever the hell it is. I mean, here's the thing though. So Twitter is my favorite social media platform. It always has been my favorite. Um, And the reason I like it is because you can curate it, right? It's, Mm -hmm. It's tough to curate something like Facebook because Facebook is like oftentimes friends and family members and stuff like that. So it's tough to just... You know, and it's and also every other social media platform is non chronological, right? Yeah. Twitter, you can look at a feed and see it as it happens moment by moment. It to me, yeah. it is the modern day um, teletype machine that they used to have back in the seventies. Good call. It's the, and it, you know, when news would come across, you know, and you you'd always see in the old news were like. You know, it's like printing the thing. and Yeah, it's like the ticker on the bottom, like the stock yes. market, but news or exactly. whatever you feel necessary to look at. Yeah. Right. And if you curate it well, like I keep lists for sports and for different things, it's mm-hmm. it can be very pleasant, right? It, the problem yes. is, on the whole, it's a, it's a dumpster fire. But Ugh. my thing is, is that if it does go away, because you guys use it all the time on the broadcast, you know, Twitter mm-hmm. Tuesdays and... and uh, and you have the 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 polls of the night and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. If it goes away, how does that impact? Like, because baseball is, dri- I mean, like all sports, it's driven by the rumor mill, and the rumor mill is mostly driven on Twitter. I mean, it's. I can't imagine that it's not going to have an impact. Yeah, I mean, who are we going to give credit to first? I mean, that's going to be the big <laughs> dramas. Like, oh my gosh, I can't. How am I supposed to give Jeff Passan credit or J.P. Morosi? Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, that's the first thing. But, you know, the, the first thing I'm going to say is that Elon Musk might be the greatest troll ever. And the fact oh. that he has enough money to buy it and troll everybody is friggin' hilarious. <laughs> but I'm with you in the sense that those of us who actually use it for the purpose of knowledge and information and trying mm-hmm. to stay ahead of the curve, you like you said, curating is a very good word for it because you can kind of use it as a, as a functional tool to get yeah. information. But, uh, you know, we're going to have to go back to actually click, clicking on websites or something like that. I have no idea. But, you know, as well as I do, if something goes away, something will replace that vacuum. I don't know what it is, if it's a yeah. sports-specific Twitter-type uh, uh, app or anything like that. Yeah. I, I know there's other social media things out there, but... Um, Part of me will miss it. Part of me is going to be like, dear God, thank you. I don't have to respond to some of these idiot <laughs> fan bases that continue to go out there and just 
yeah. throw up, you know, just <clears throat> d- diarrhea of the mouth and not having any, any, oh man, they're just mindless tweets. Let's just say some of the right. mindless tweets will go away, Rest but peace, uh, it will be media. fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. It, it, it'll, it'll be fascinating to see how this thing evolves if it does have to. Yeah, the, the I mean, obviously, the one that is kind of people are looking towards is Mastodon, which which I'm on but never use. I just have it because here's the deal: there is there are only about four Jeff Balkies that exist in the United States. I was going to say States. you're securing handles. You're going to sell them. Listen, listen. It's not. It's not. This is understand. There are like four Jeff Balkies, right? And I yep. I know all of them. One's like a, a general doc, a practitioner doctor in Minnesota, and there's like, but one of them, one of them is a comic book colorist, oh. who's kind of well known. He's he lives in Chicago, and. Uh, Ever since I've been on, I've I got I was kind of an early adopter for a lot of these things, <clears throat> so I've gotten all the every Jeff Balky everywhere is me, right? <laughs> and so, and this guy, I I messaged him one time. I was like, "Hey, you're another Jeff Balky. That's kind of cool. I'm sorry, I've got all that." And literally nothing. He didn't respond to me or anything. And he goes to all of these conventions and stuff, right? As a colorist, mm-hmm. he's done some pretty significant work. So he's got to be pissed. So every time there's a new anything, I'm like, I got to get this because this other dude's going to grab it. You're hoarding Jeff Balky handles. I basically <laughs> am. I'm basically hoarding the handle. That's it's messed up. It's so stupid. <laughs> but it's true, man, because if I lose it, what am I going to be, Jeff Balky 1? No, I can't do yeah. that. I can't, no. I can't live like that. I mean, and for speaking, a price, you could be if he wanted, if somebody else wanted to be the the right? real Jeff. Right, the, exactly. Yeah. Give me that blue check mark. Oh, right. There now it's go. only eight bucks. Anybody can have it. I was going to say. So you, for so, a price, you can have anything you want. Speaking of things you can't live with, <laughs> the World Cup. Who got into bed with Qatar? With <laughs> which this I mean, blew my mind. They look the, the <laughs> Let's just start with this. Qatar is a very, very oppressive Islamic regime. It's very similar to Saudi Arabia. Like women can't drive cars. There's, you know, it's like there's a lot of that kind of stuff. But setting aside the geopolitical and and uh, religious implications of all of that, they are hosting the World Cup, which of course is mm-hmm. the World Cup, right? It's all, the, you know, uh, the entire world brings their soccer teams there. One of their primary main sponsors is Budweiser because of course it is right <laughs> and but you can't Qatar, get it in the country 48 hours before well the thing is they as I read today they serve alcohol in bars right so it's not like in hotel bars right hotel bars yeah but so now they have said 48 hours beforehand they have said they are not going to allow the serving of beer at any soccer stadiums now if you're in like a suite Right, you can still, you know, you can still get your martini on if you want to, but if you're just part of the riffraff who's going to a game, <laughs> you are not. You, oh, they do. They do. We're quick to point out that they still have non-alcoholic beer, which oh, because I'm so, in it for the flavor. Well, thank God for that, right? But I'm just like, <laughs> you banned beer 48 hours beforehand. Like, Dude, after everybody bought their tickets, after every vendor is set up, after every advertiser is ready to blow this thing, you know, <laughs> wide open. Oh, my I mean, gosh. Can you imagine if they just, like, a, the day before the baseball season opened said, oh, yeah, by the way, no beer at stadiums. I want to, somebody's going to do research on that and actually give a number of, like, how much revenue oh. in concessions they they shut down. 
You know, I mean, the only upside, the only upside is that maybe I don't feel like there's many fights in the World Cup anyways, but like fans, there won't be much anger between them or it might be worse. Maybe Who that knows? might be the I yeah mean, might be, yeah not look, being have, not being lubed up might get them even more upset. Don't get England, Scotland, and Ireland all in the same stadium at the yeah. same time oh. with no beer. I mean, it, you know, I, I just are they setting up detox centers? <laughs> there are going to be people there going like, "What am I supposed to do?" They're going to be doing. Yeah, like they're looking doing, at each other. They're, they're just permanently like, in this position with their hand up and nothing in it. Like, like I need, I should be holding something. They're going to be like on cruises where people sneak like bladders of alcohol <laughs> in, like in. Well, their that's what luggage. I was going to say, dude. Welcome to the 2023 World Cup here at Cutter. It's BYOB. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I saw that and I was just thinking to myself, listen, I'm not a big beer drinker. I'm a, I drink, but I, I drink beer on occasion, but I do drink alcohol. And I can tell you this right now, if I'm going to a game and alcohol is not available, it might affect my decision on yeah. whether or not to go. Well, especially some... the World Cup. I mean, that ticket price has oh. got to be pretty pretty strong. So, I mean, you know, if I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to enjoy. Right. I don't get smashed either, but, but why, did, why did it have to be so drastic? Why couldn't it have been like, hey, we'll serve in the first two quarter or the first half, right. second half, no, no booze. Well, that is kind of a common thing in a lot of places where they just cut everybody off after like the seventh or eighth inning or whatever it is. Or in football, I know a lot of places they don't sell beer in the fourth quarter, right? They're like, especially college football and places like that. Mm -hmm. And I I get that. That makes total sense, Um, especially if you're from Philadelphia. But but in terms of this, it's like, and, and the other thing too that people have brought up is like, okay, they had promised that it, they were going to be open enough about this because they're having a lot of people. And then they just decided, no, we're not going to do that. So what's next? Again, it's like, oh, man. I, mean, I just, it's hard for me to imagine people going Unsalt- there. And like, you can only have unsalted peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Taking away the salt content. Unsalted, unroasted peanuts. You get raw, dry yep. peanuts. That's what raw. you get. Nothing else for you. There's and yeah, and all of pop- a sudden Judge Smales is running through the stands going, You will get nothing and like it. Get nothing and like it. That's exactly right. And somebody be like, fifty bucks the Smales kid picks his nose. So, <laughs> so all right, all right, Blumber. So what do you got going this weekend? Are you, it's finally you're off. Are you are, do you have plans? Are you gonna enjoy yourself? What's going down? I'm going to watch a, a lot of football on TV, obviously, like everybody else. Uh, I do not have anything planned other than the fact that my daughter is coming home from the University of Arkansas. For Thanksgiving. And we will welcome, yeah, well, Thanksgiving week is starting, so I'm going to have family in town next week, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, that's about it. Are you doing Thanksgiving at you? your house? Yeah, we usually have Thanksgiving at our house, and over Christmas break, we will... We will do a destination Christmas usually. Oh, cool. So that's cool. Yeah, we'll use Thanksgiving as a uh, family time to get everybody around. <laughs> oh yeah, ours is going to be packed. We're going to have like twenty-two people, six dogs, two babies. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be it outrageous. Sounds crazy. It sounds crazy, but since we've moved to Houston, we ha- we've missed out on that. I love I love those big family events because they're crazy as hell. Oh yeah, but they're, in- they're but by the end of it, when you're sitting there with trash everywhere, you're like, that was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, I I think the thing is we're and for us, it's always both family and friends. Like we have a pretty good circle Perfect. of friend group that that comes too. So it's like it'll be like half family, half friends, and it's always fun. I I don't mind. My dad loved to host stuff. I'm a lot like my dad. I'm an I you know I'm cook a lot. I love to cook. 
So I do the turkeys. I've already got, I got two turkeys. I actually bought turkeys ahead this year because of wow. the great turkey shortage of 2022, supposedly. I know. I remember that. Yeah. I was in H- HEB yesterday, and there were turkeys all over the place. So come on. HEB is a different level, man. HEB is up here, dude. Dude, you ain't lying. HEB, I mean, can there's nothing you can't get at HEB, and I'm sorry. Between HEB and Central Market, I'll be happy for the rest of my life when it comes dude, to groceries. Dude, Central Market's legit. I can't even oh believe yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We could go on <laughs> go and on now. about grocery store trivia. Believe me. Dude, food what? and seriously. Food, beer, groceries. Next week we're gonna come back and do it. We'll do a Thanksgiving episode next week. We'll yeah. talk about what we're thankful for in the world of baseball. <laughs> uh, which should be fun. And um, obviously, uh, like and subscribe. Let us know if you have any questions. Tell us what you're thankful for uh, in baseball. I mean, Jordan Alvarez better be on that list. Uh, Jeremy Pena better be on your list. There's a lot of good things. Rob Manford should not be on your list. Um, Word. So, uh, uh, everybody, have a good weekend. We will see you guys next week and go Astros. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.